Yeah. My hands always open. For real. Hey. 33 years I gave that to the game. 33 mil I say that for the rain. 500 weeks I fill the charts with my pain. 500 mil and I fall back in the six. Finally give you niggas the space you need to exist. Michael Jackson shit, but the palace is not for kids. Still women saying it's childish the way we live. Brought a few W's to the six. Baby mama fluke, but I love her for who she is. Baby Wayne and Ted's responsible for this shit. Half the time I question my consciousness in this shit. Other times I question if compliments are legit. Full time I'm out here confident as a bitch. Trying to make good on the promises that I give. Trying to make sure my accomplices are legit. Register the business in my brother's name. 3,500 in a pocket that should cover things. Certified lover man, trapping out the motherland Always move right so my watch is on the other hand She could try and play it down now, but she was a fan People wanna know what's in my pockets, they don't understand My assistant always finding Percocet and rubber bands Know my mom might not wanna hear how I discover plans Word to Sandra Graham, no one love you like your mother can I watch Michael Rubin win a million off a couple hands I decide what to see next like it's on demand I decide what to be next like I'm switching plans I'ma tell you what you feel next like the weatherman I will split heads and break necks for my little man Six God praying hands like I'm a religious man But I'm just a sicker man, wicked man Look, we can argue back and forth, but who's the richer man? What's going on everybody? It's your boy Jordan And this is Desmond And welcome to episode 17 of Two Black Nerds wow. Yes sir That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcast Please Make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And, of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Instagram and Twitter at 2 Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. We have a ton of stuff to get through today because we were not here last week. We had to take a... uh, a uh, brief, brief hiatus. You were just out of the country, man. I was out of the country. Where'd you go? How was that trip, man? I went to a cool little country called Jamaica. Nice. You know what I mean? The Caribbean. You know what I'm saying? It was cool, man. It was all right. Yeah. Our, uh, we had a couple issues with the resort. Um, oh, no. It was a brand new resort. Oh, really? Yeah, brand new resort, which is the most bittersweet thing in the world. Like, their logistics were trash. But, like, everything was beautiful still. For sure. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like you get there and they're still trying to figure out yeah, everything. But it's exactly. also, like, nice and new. Exactly. So, and yeah. they, they re- it was all-inclusive, so they're really stingy on portions. Oh, so, like, no. Yeah. So, the drinks are cool. You know what I mean? We just keep going back to the bar, not having a tip. That was, like, the best thing I've ever done. But, <laughs> <laughs> Hella but, drunk. but they have, like, these restaurants. And you order from a restaurant. They give you, like, the smallest portion you've ever seen. Wow. Like, if you ask for a salad, it's like a SpongeBob salad. Like, it's like a piece <laughs> of lettuce and some dressing on top of the oh, lettuce. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. So, they're still trying to figure it they out. They're still trying to figure it out. But yeah. uh, I think it'll be cool. But it was a good trip nonetheless. Yeah. First time out the country. So, it was cool, man. Nice, man. That's what's up. I still have not yet to go to Jamaica. I do want to hopefully visit there one day. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like a beautiful place to visit. Yeah, and it was dope. If I can drink half of the liquor that you seem to drink that hey, would be a success i also jumped off a couple cliffs oh nice pretty, yeah man went yeah. to this place called the blue hole okay um it's pretty much you know a couple waterfalls and stuff and you get to jump into the water um it's deep too boy it's deep <laughs> you can swim 
Uh, I can. Oh, I can decently swim. But we had, we had life vests too, though. We had life vests. Good for you. I cannot. <laughs> I can float. That's yeah. about it. But black, you know, yeah. black people don't be swimming, man. We we do not. No. Um. And I did not go to like a bo- boys and girls club when I was young <laughs> to like learn how to swim. Unfortunately. Um. But I did eventually learn how to float and just like be able to be out there. But that that's about all I can. <laughs> a do. week I had to float. Yeah. So. I need to learn how to tread water. That's that's the that's, that's the real goal. That's what that's the real goal. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, it was good to hear your trip was great. Um, that was why we were not here last week for Two Black Nerds, but we are back. Um, before we get into this week's long range of topics, we got a mm-hmm. lot to talk about today. Uh, we just had the first edition of the Two Black Nerds Movie Club a couple of weeks weeks ago. Um, if you've been listening, you've been hearing about it. And the movie that we decided to watch during Black History Month was The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We built these ships, dredged these canals. In the San Francisco they never knew existed. This is our home. You two stick together. Always come back to the old house. What if it's empty? What if we just peeked inside? We could throw parties. You could put on one of your plays. We could yell. It is this house. Our old house. That's not your old house, and that's not your neighborhood. Hey, if you're going. Now, if you don't know about this movie, it's currently on Amazon Prime. It came out last year. The movie is directed by Joe Talbot. Um, it's also written by him and Robert uh, Richard. And it's starring Jimmy Fails, Jonathan Majors, Tashina Arnold, Rob Morgan, Mike Epps, Finn Whitrock, and Danny Glover. Mm. Um, it was a amazing movie. Um, we both saw it in theaters last year when it came out, but right. um, we rewatched it as a part of the the Two Black Nerds Movie Club. Um, do we, you know, want to talk about this movie briefly and just like our thoughts on it? You know, for seeing it, uh, you know, I, I assume it's your second time yep. seeing it. Same for yeah. same for me. Um, I guess we just want to, you know, briefly t- talk about what we saw again when we uh, when we had the the, the movie yeah, club man. last First, week. Thanks for everyone that tuned in to the movie club, man. We appreciate y'all. It was fun <laughs> seeing everybody's reactions and stuff. You know what I'm saying, but. I think we can all agree that this movie's a beast. It's so good. Shot so beautifully. Like I could honestly just like have like a TV in my future home and play the first like 10 minutes on repeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How beautiful it is. It really is a movie that 
there really technically is like one central theme of the movie, right? And that's gentrification. Right. But they never, ever say the word gentrification throughout the entire film. And that's one of the coolest things ever to me. It was just a, a well done film, man. To say the least, it it pull it might pull at your heartstrings a little bit. For sure, it definitely makes you go through different emotions. You laugh, you know what I mean. You feel sad, and it's it it really is a great film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly agree with all of that. Um, I love the fact that it's sort of sort of a narrative piece um, because the main character Jimmy fail fails. Um, he essentially is playing himself, mm-hmm. you know, or at least a a version of himself in this movie. Right. Um, so in a sense, it's sort of a semi-autobiographical in that nature and i love you know how we get to see his interactions with his family members um it almost seems like he doesn't have much family right you know throughout the movie he only has a few people he can sort of attach himself to and he's also grown up you know under the impression Mm. of a lot of things in his life that turn out not to be necessarily true Mm -hmm. um And, you know, like you said, it's a movie about gentrification, but it's also about, I think, the power of just conviction and getting people to believe in your story and sort of buy into that story as well and how you can motivate people um, to do things that that sort of force them to extend themselves Mm, um, beyond beyond what they thought. And even, I would say, the somewhat, um, uh, what's the word? I guess strategic miscommunication that the generation before us can put on us right like the they they can literally lie to us and it might take us years for until our own experience to find out that they lied to us you know and so i think that was a really big important part of the movie yeah absolutely it's kind of heartbreaking you know when you sort of see it unfold and how that plays out into the movie but um i would you know again certainly say yeah thank you to everybody who joined us for that movie night um and and live tweeted and shared your thoughts about the film yeah i know that that was one of our favorite films from last year certainly Mm -hmm. in our top 10 so we thought it was a great way to kick off um our movie night sort of series with the two black nerds movie club so we'll certainly be picking another movie again soon to watch and we're going to just sort of search through all the different streaming services see what's out there see what we want to get into and and join in again on social media to sort of talk about so definitely wanted to pay respect to the last black man in san francisco um and if you have yet to see the film but choose to check it out at some point you know still hit us up and let us know what you think um about the movie and we can definitely have a conversation about it so moving on with that said man we got again a lot to get to this week we saw a brand new movie Mm. that's just come out Mm -hmm. um really really excited to talk about Mm -hmm. this film the invisible man wow hey adrian he was a sociopath he said that i could never leave him he controlled how i looked and what i wore then i was controlling when i left the house and eventually what I thought. Which is the latest film to come out of Universal Pictures and Blumhouse, um, their partnership that, that that they've been you know working on for for the past few years. Um, the Invisible Man is in a sense a an updated reimagining of a very popular um, character. I would say um, the original novel was written by H.G. Wells, like 
over a hundred years ago, yeah, a long old. time ago. Super old. Um, and they adapted it. Universal adapted the movie in 1933 as a part of their sort of Universal Classic Monsters banner um, that existed during that time, alongside Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman. The Invisible Man was a part of that iconic roster of characters that came out in the 30s and 40s um, from Universal Pictures. But fast forward to today, this movie's been updated. It's been reimagined, um, and it's a very interesting film that we'll certainly get into. But before that, you know, I want to just definitely shout out to the people who were a part of this movie. It's written and directed by Lee Wynell, um, who, if you don't know him, he's been he's been doing a damn thing yeah. for a long time so mm-hmm. far. So he is one of the writers on the first three Saw movies. So he's certainly a frequent collaborator of the brilliant James Wan. Yes, yeah, um, clearly. Yeah, and he also uh, wrote um, the Insidious movies and directed Insidious Chapter 3, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and his most recent movie before this was Upgrade, which came out a couple of years ago. Critical acclaim great movie definitely encourage you to check that out if you have not watched it it's like this weird blend of like terminator and robocop like this throwback to like 80s movies you know that these like 80s action sci-fi movies it was it was a great movie Mm -hmm. but uh the invisible man is starring elizabeth moss Aldous Hodge, Storm Reid, Harriet Dyer, Michael Dorman, and Oliver Jackson Cohen. Um, in terms of what, what the reviews are doing right now, it's doing amazing. It has a 90% critic score from Rotten Tomatoes and also an 89% audience score from Rotten Tomatoes and a B-plus cinema score. Fire. The movie costs $7 million to make, and <laughs> as of this recording... <laughs> it will open with a $29 million domestic open and a <laughs> near $50 million global launch. Uh, so it's doing incredibly well at the box office. The Invisible Man is a hit in all aspects. So with all of that out the way, we saw the movie. What do you think about The Invisible Man? So first, I was laughing because $7 million budget is nothing. But it's also really funny because the nigga's invisible the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> so it makes sense why it's like not that high of a budget. I don't know. It's, it's really, really, really funny. But this movie is fire, y'all. I liked it a lot. I ain't going to lie to you. They had me in the first 20 minutes. I was kind of, I wasn't sure in the first 20. First 20, I was like, okay, I, uh, this is cool. This is all right. But I say about, who, 30, 35 minute mark or something like that? Shit hits the fan. And it continues to hit the fan <laughs> from there to the end of the film. Um, I was already excited for this film coming in. Um, horror has been struggling, <laughs> um, as it always does, though. It's, again, like probably the hardest genre of a film to make, um, make well, anyways. And this movie, it met and actually exceeded my expectations by far, for sure. Um, the Invisible Man gave me something that i've never actually probably ever seen before like there's um a comparison i kind of made in my head um with the invisibility right where like visibility in some movies are really hard to do like like that's why after like paranormal activity 3 every other paranormal just started getting shit shit on because like that looks stupid that looks dumb yeah way over the top that's way over the yeah. top and but this movie literally i think does everything perfect in terms of the effects needed to convey the the i don't know the emotion or the the action that needs to be said on film it did it correctly um it did it right it's a really good movie elizabeth moss 
what a performance uh she does what she always does it's elizabeth moss she always you know she stares into space and acts with her top teeth all the time <laughs> <laughs> <That's just laughs> she, she's certainly a facial actor yeah she's definitely um, a facial a lot of actor regards, yeah. um uh yeah she stared into space like she does in handmaid's tale all the time um, but it's still so good. Well, she had to act alone in a lot of scenes, she, bro. You know? So she's you know like by hard herself. That is? Yeah, that's incredibly you know how hard that difficult. Is? It's really yeah, hard. She's carrying a lot of those those scenes. And those are usually a lot of the best scenes in a lot of the movie. Our favorite movies, right? Those um, monologues without words is what I call them. I don't. I'm sure there's a word for it. I don't know what it is, but I call them monologues without words, um, where you just literally you're, you're just acting. That's it. No words, just straight expressions or. Um, and she did an amazing job, man. She really carried the movie, right? It's her movie. It's Elizabeth Moss and the Invisible Man. Is if I had to rename it, <laughs> that's what it'd be called. Sure. Um, because she really did that. So yeah, man. Uh, amazing, great movie. Happy we seen it. I think that's it. Hey, that that that's all. Uh, pretty much in the same vein of how I feel about it. I think that this movie is fantastic. Um, it is a wonderful property to in a sense take that we've been familiar with the invisible man again since the 30s so we're talking like almost 90 years now right yeah. and so to take a story that a lot of people are somewhat familiar with um and also a property that that has happened before there has been like updated versions of the invisible man like i remember the movie hollow man that came out a while ago with uh, kevin bacon yeah. but this takes this property modernizes it it modernizes it in such a way that makes it relatable um, because it's a story a lot about domestic violence and abuse. Um, it's a story about manipulation and gaslighting. And, and also just the fact that Elizabeth Moss's character, you know, she she's in a domestically um, abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And the first for me, the first 10 minutes were. I thought some of the best of the movie because we're seeing her escape from this situation. This oh, yeah. is also a part of the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. But she's she's making us an, an escape from her from her boyfriend, and for me, it captured it captured really the essence of the entire movie in yeah. such a such a really powerful way. Mm -hmm. Because from then on, you understood what the stakes were, yeah. and also the fact that you did not see the abuse right it was never actually shown like at all um while they were together in the relationship it's all about telling and not showing right and i thought that that was such a creative way to go about um how the story was was conveyed to us because you don't always need to see what the violence looks like right but you can tell through the character's actions and how she carried herself and just how traumatized she was she mm -hmm. carried a lot of trauma from their relationship and she really wanted to get out of this situation yeah um and just the way that the domestic violence and how that's such a, a central part of the movie how metaphorical you can you, you can sort of get with it because the, the reality of it is is that in a lot of situations with women in real life when we hear about these terrible scenarios, mm -hmm. these are things that we can't see right. all the time right. because it's hard to prove, quote unquote, mm. you know, that you're being abused by your spouse. Mm. And the fact that we're taking a character like the Invisible Man, yeah. who's using invisibility as a way to, again, manipulate her and control her is, I just think, such a great, great way to communicate that idea. Yeah. And... It never becomes like conflated either. Like I think that everything that happens is always really well illustrated mm. and it gets to the point 
and the message of the movie and by the middle of it yep. there's there's a, a an incredibly crazy event that happens that really it really shows you what's at stake and it really shows you it really shows you how manipulative intelligent and cunning that this character is yeah. um who's playing the invisible man in the movie all of that said i just think that this this is a great thriller that Mm -hmm. we've gotten as well you know as well as a movie that incorporates a lot of horror elements Mm -hmm. and and the way that we incorporate just the invisible man and like at moments you see like that dent in the couch or the chair and you're like oh shit is this (laughs) is this like a moment that's about to happen and you're also looking for those different spots in the movie too you're looking to see like is he is he here right now because you really don't know Mm -hmm. and I just love that. I love that we we get a lot of like that that showing and and not telling and you're left really right. to your own devices to kind of figure out what the what the situation is at hand. Um and ultimately by the end of it, I, I loved how it was it was wrapped up by the end. Yeah. I thought it was a a really great ride to be on and it kept me invested and interested all throughout the movie. Um so yeah, I think it's fantastic. There's a couple of nitpicky things. Yep. You know. There's a couple. Couple of plot holes. Things that they introduce, <laughs> but also don't really expand upon. You know, uh-huh. there's a lot of a lot of things about you know surveillance and footage, mm-hmm. and it's like if you really use that in every scenario that happened throughout the movie, it probably would have ended about 45 minutes in. Like yeah. if you actually use those things, a couple of things with like how people are getting around, yeah. you know, and I'm like kind of wondering about. But those are like for me, those are nitpicky things that mm-hmm. are not, not really affecting how I enjoyed the movie. So yeah. Yeah, overall I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think this is a, a slam dunk win it for was, them. It was pretty fire dog. I'm still I'm still intrigued, you know? They could they could honestly make a sequel right now and be like, Well, time to go to the movies. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do it again. And I would be right there, man. Um yeah, very, very, very enjoyable movie. There's further potential there for sure. I, I think we, we we definitely we should, you know, before we move on to the next topic, we should mm-hmm. talk about this partnership that Blumhouse and Universal has had. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember back in, I think it was 2013 or 2014 that they signed a 10-year partnership deal um, mm-hmm. for the production and distribution of a lot of movies. And you you talked about how this movie only cost $7 million to make, which by Hollywood terms, that is really, really low yeah. um, for a movie to be made for $7 million. All you know, a lot of their movies are made for these really low budgets, and they make so much money at the box office compared to how much it costs to produce the movies. Right. I mean, this is a this is a studio that's just like churning out a lot of hits. Now, everything that they produce isn't always like amazing or fantastic, and it doesn't you know perform at the highest that it possibly could at the box office, but. You got things like The Purge, that whole series, which obviously has produced, you know, I think, what, at this point, four films that have all been financially successful, Mm -hmm. a TV show on USA, Split and Glass with M. Night Shyamalan and what he's done. Those movies have made tons of money and cost little to nothing to make. Um, I have not seen these movies, but apparently the Happy Death Day series. Oh, fire. <laughs> is entertaining and, and great. Yeah, fire. Um, again, these are like huge hits. We talked about Insidious earlier. Halloween. Halloween. Which is now, you know, a part of like that Blumhouse mm-hmm. roster of movies. That's like the highest grossing um well, one of the highest grossing horror movies ever. I remember it had like one of the highest grossing opening weekends when it came out. That's crazy. Um, and it made like 
almost or over 300 million which was like the highest in the franchise Mm -hmm. and they have those other two coming um this year halloween kills and halloween Mm -hmm. ends i believe um and then ma i know you saw that last year um, (laughs) that came out but it made a lot of money it wasn't the greatest movie but it made a lot of money money. um so blumhouse and like universal your sinisters your paranormal activity man they're just doing it yeah they're doing it they they got it they got it. Are they basically in charge of like all horror properties at this point? All the popular horror properties? Because outside of them, like, yeah, I don't know who. I mean, you know, Jordan Peele, he has like his own sort mm-hmm. of brand of things that he's doing, right. and you know, we're gonna talk about that soon. But yeah, they're kind of yeah. they're kind of running it. Lionsgate need to get their life together. They used to do a lot more. They, I feel like they too. Ran Saw. They ran Saw, and <laughs> yeah. we're. I mean, we're gonna see that try to yeah, come back. Yeah, we're gonna see that So maybe Lionsgate will research. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. I don't know, man. The horror again, just been. They've been struggling. They have for sure. Um, so it, recently, if it hasn't been the Conjuring series, it's like, what is it? Yeah, you know. And it, I, I would say like A twenty four's movies, while they're great, right. they don't make the most money. Exactly. So mm-hmm. yeah, Blumhouse kind of has. A really strong foothold on everything but definitely wanted to just shout them out again the invisible man is out right now if you go see it or if you have seen it please go see it please please definitely a definite recommend um check that movie out and hit us up on social media at two black nerds on twitter and instagram but we're gonna stick with horror we have another iconic horror character coming mm-hmm. back and we have a first trailer that was released this past week legend is if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror he appears in the reflection and kills you who would do that well we're still alive <laughs> let's go Trina, you broke the door. This isn't funny! I feel really connected to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green. It was a project. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster that's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. 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 Don't. Don't say that. Candyman. for you to be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me.
Candyman. Uh oh. Candyman. Uh oh. Am I gonna say it same three more times? <laughs> I'm certainly not, because that <laughs> shit is horrifying. Candyman is coming back. <laughs> we saw the first trailer for Jordan Peele's yeah. Candyman. He is a producer and a writer on this movie. Yep. The film will be directed by Nia DaCosta, a 29-year-old black woman, female, excuse me, filmmaker. She also graduated from NYU. The movie will be written by Jordan Peele. When Rosenfeld, easy for me to say, when Rosenfeld and Nia DaCosta, um, and it's starring Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Tiana Paris, Nathan Stewart-Jarrett, Coleman Domingo, and yes, Tony Todd is returning um, and hopefully he will return as Candyman because we did not see in the trailer yeah, whether or not it's going to be I know like it's him or not. Bro. But he, I just got to be him. him. It's gotta be. Um, but yeah, this trailer came out, man. Um, we finally got our first look at it. We've been hearing about it for a few months now. It's fire. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? It's fire. It's a really good trailer because it shows nothing. But it's still you, you, the whole time you're like, yep, this is creepy. <laughs> the entire time you're like, oh, my God, if y'all say Candyman one more time, stop. Stop. <laughs> Don't do it. Please. Hey, stop hey. that. Don't don't do none of that. Don't say that again. Um, and I think they have an amazing cast here. Abdul, he, he's he's had the best year. He's everywhere. He is everywhere. And I I love how he's so um, particular to black characters. Right. He's like plays from Get Out to Aquaman to Watchmen to Watchmen. You know what I mean? This dude is just like. I don't know how to explain. He's very calculated, it feels like. 100%. But he's like, he's still just himself. And these roles are just showing up for him perfectly. And I love the casting here for him, too, man. I think it's going to be an amazing film. Um, the trailer was a beast. Here we go again with another song, Tainted, by Jordan Peele. <laughs> we will never hear Say My Name the, the same, same way again. Ever again. But I love it. I wow. love it so much. It sounds, uh, it's it's so genius. Whoever's doing the sound mixing <laughs> for his trailers, can we please, so can we please figure out who this so, person is? So us and um, Get Out was Michael Abels. Okay. He was a beast, but I don't know if he's like actually doing these specific things. I know he does the music for the movies. Right. But I don't know if he did like, uh, I got five on it and say my name or Yeah, not. somebody's, somebody's mixing some, these look, songs. Whoever it is. I, half of me wants you to stop because you're 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 attaching these really iconic songs to like these horrific fucking movies but also at the same time i'm like damn that's fire keep yeah. doing that mm -hmm. um but now this trailer looks so good i'm very excited we got a little bit of like what the story is going to be about um it's taking place in chicago in cabrini green mm -hmm. um so it seems like it might be a story about like gentrification possibly um because obviously the neighborhood has changed and mm -hmm. yaya's character he's talking about how much he loves that that area of chicago um but i'm really wondering just based off of this trailer um we know tony todd is coming back yeah which means he has to be Candyman again, and he I got gotta, to. And I gotta say, Tony Todd is such a slept-on actor. He's Loki is. A he is a beast for sure. He's been in the game for so long, mm -hmm. and I looked up his IMDb before we did this episode. This man has appeared in so much stuff. Like he has like over one hundred film and TV credits, from like voice work to TV shows he's popped up in to movies that he still you know regularly acts in. Like he has always been active, mm -hmm. and I know like Candyman was like his first like really big breakthrough role but i'm so excited to see him come back yeah, i've always done him for uh, the final destination series yeah That's he was he a always big, pops up he was a big <laughs> yeah. part of those and i mm -hmm. think he was in like every one because yeah, he was the one that always said what happened yeah like, what what it was really going on so. for sure mm -hmm. i'm wondering if by the end of this movie 
the the whole purpose is to ultimately make Yaya the new Candyman. I think that's exactly what's about to happen because we see he's like. In yeah. a sense, like kind of possessed or like mm-hmm. haunted by like the spirit of Candyman, right? And like even in the trailer, you're like, is he becoming Candyman? Right, you know, right. And you know, Jordan Peele isn't that simple. <laughs> he's not. So, and if he's writing this, it's gonna be it's there's gonna be something. any number of plot twists that could be happening. There's there's no way it's not intentional that he's showing us that Yaya could be turning into Candyman, right? Which is like. I feel like this is not the way it's going to go down. For Something sure. Something else is going to happen. And, but right now, that's what it looks like. That is what it looks like. Well, we love a misdirect. So I would love mm-hmm. to get into the theater and think that that's what's going to happen. And then mm-hmm. by the end of it, your mind is just totally like, what the fuck just went True. down? Like, yeah. So Candyman, is, uh, it looks so good. I'm so excited. And I know so many people are going to be scared. That first movie is terrifying it mm. is a really creepy ass movie yeah. if you've not seen the original Candyman, you gotta see it what if our next movie night is Candyman? oh that's actually a really good idea it is on netflix that is a really good oh it's on netflix it's i didn't know netflix. that oh well oh well <laughs> we might have just came up with something right there watch Candyman Uh-oh. together um y'all get your popcorn ready but okay. definitely got to check that out before you check out the new one i think the new one is coming out june 12th mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken very much looking forward to that if you've seen the trailer which i'm sure you have Hit us up. Let us know what you think about Wait. it. How did you feel about that Say My Name remix? Like, does it work? Does it not work for you? Will you ever hear the song the same Wait. again? <laughs> Somebody said, how the hell are you a scared of a nigga that you got a request to come kill you? No, that's so true, though. <laughs> like, why are you scared? You actually you got to say his name five times for him you to appear. have to say his name. So it's like, you're willingly doing this. So what are you scared for? Why are you afraid? You did this to you. That's so true, though. Kids that's so crazy. true. Like, Kids are crazy, <laughs> though. Actually, we got to examine that. But yeah, let us know what you think about this new Candyman trailer. Hit us up at Two Black Nerds on Twitter and Instagram. To move on, man, we got to talk about this... Uh, this boxing match Uh-oh. that just took place. Uh-oh. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because mm-hmm. we were not here. But we got to talk about Deontay Wilder yep. versus Tyson Fury, yep. the rematch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What happened? What happened in this fight? So it, took, it went down February 22nd at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. This was a rematch. They first fought in December of 2018. Yeah. And we all remember that match ended in a split decision. Very controversial. Yeah. So the rematch was highly anticipated. Everybody was ready for this. Some people even called it like the match of the past five years. Really? Yeah. Like as as far as anticipation. I'm not. Yeah. Listen, Mm -hmm. a heavyweight bout between two, you know, well-known athletes. Like Mm -hmm. people have been waiting on this. And again, you know, for your fight to end in a split decision, you have to have another fight in order to figure out who it, who's the superior competitor. Right. Um, you know, just a little bit of background about this 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 fight. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury got paid lots and lots of money. Oh yeah. Their uh, base purses were five million a piece, um, but apparently they're making in excess of twenty five million um, a piece from this fight, and that's a lot of money, y'all. But we we saw we saw how it went down. It was ugly. It was really, really ugly. Ooh. This this was not how people thought it was gonna go. My boy is walking on eggshells. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> most analysts that I've followed and watched, everybody picked Deontay Wilder because oh, yeah. we know how fucking lethal that oh, yeah. right hand it is. Takes, it only takes one 
it takes one good one, and that's it. And you on your ass, and you don't know what happened. We yep. know how lethal his right hand has been for pretty much his entire career. Yeah. That's why he's gone undefe- undefeated. Um, if you ever look at any highlights of his fights, you can you can tell he's not the greatest boxer in history or anything right. like that. But he just hit hard when you when you gotta <laughs> when you gotta punch like that. Yeah. You don't need to be because you, you just gotta catch somebody, and it's a mm-hmm. it's a wrap. And he he has just such stopping power with that right hand. And so I think a lot of people just thought that that would would have been the case he would have just you know bide his time wait you know and eventually just sleep it's it's over that did not happen that did not happen in in any regard tyson fury completely dominated this fight Yeah, it was it wasn't even close man so my cousin ended up falling asleep and i was like no you good dog (laughs) like he woke up he's like dang i missed the whole fight he's like yeah you missed the whole fight but it's okay because it's really okay because we took an l (laughs) The culture took an L. Man. Black History Month. We was like, God dang it, man. He came out in this whole... Looking like a rook. On oh, his chest, his chest. Had a rook <laughs> <laughs> on the chest Yeah, his outfit was the most elaborate shit I've ever seen in my life. It was so sparkled and and lights and everything. And the uh, the video montage he came out to was hella tight though. That was that was like really black good. history. Just all the greats in black yeah, history. Though, yeah, really the production value behind everything was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this looks shit. A lot of their interests look better than like WWE stuff. Oh, at certain sure. points. I'm like, wow, look yeah. at this money. Um, but once it got to that fight, man, it was it was ugly. It was really ugly. Uh, Tyson Fury just overwhelmed him with yeah. size and and strategy. Yeah, he's clearly just a just, good boxer, just bro. a great boxer, he's a great and boxer. just outboxed him at the end that's, of the day. That's really, that's really what it, it came down bro. to. He just and he you know leading up to this fight, he talked about it. He was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock him out. I'm gonna knock him out. Like it's gonna happen. I'm gonna knock him out. And you know to to. Deontay Wilder's credit, he never he never got counted out. He never went down for a pure KO, but oh he he did he did go down a couple of times and so, was able to get back up. Why was his corner so trash? Oh, they were awful because what were they doing? They didn't clean up any of his wounds, Bruh, They it was probably giving the worst advice. Yeah, his ear got busted really early, and, and they never cleaned from- it. His ear was bleeding because he got punched in the back of the head. Exactly. That is not a normal injury. Y'all. Yeah, yeah. Usually when people bleed from the ear, they probably got punched in the ear right. a lot of times. You know what I mean? That not was punched not the in case. the back of the head. Your ear started bleeding. Yeah. Every time he went to the corner, man, it just, they, they didn't give him any great advice because you could hear it. You know, I just, I, I don't know what was going How, on. Why is your ear bleeding? And they putting an ice pack on your head. Yeah, they weren't doing, they weren't doing what needed to be done to keep him into that fight because after that moment happened, he his equilibrium was, was off done. for yeah, the rest of the fight. Like he was tripping and falling like by himself. It just it, it just <laughs> it just looked really bad and like it was just sloppy and he was just getting hit and yeah. just like Tyson Fury was using that weight to just like lean on him mm-hmm. and just overwhelm him and tire him out. A lot of hugging. A lot of hugging. A lot of hugging. Uh but some good it was some good hits that got off. I know Tyson oh, Fury yeah. caught that that body punch that oh, one yeah. time and put him on his <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nah, he, he caught him right in the gut, and it mm-hmm. was, it was, it was, it was, it was a bad punch. It was. So, um, yeah, it, it, from the stats, like Fury, it says he landed eighty-two of two hundred and sixty-seven total punches, so that's thirty-one percent. Um, and he inc- that included fifty-eight out of one hundred and sixty power punches, so thirty-six uh, percent. So that's that's pretty high. Wilder, uh, he only landed 24% of his punches, 34 out of 141, and only got 18 power punches off. So just disproportionate. It wasn't even close, dog. It really wasn't. And it was all over by the seventh round. It was a TKO. And that man started singing. Yep. (laughs) 
After he won no, the fight, yeah, oh, he started, we, we he started singing to, American Pie. We have to talk about how this man was about to lick the blood off of... About to, he did. He, did he licked the, the blood off, off of Wilder's Deontay, well, yeah. Bro, it was so weird. Yeah. What did he say, too? He said... Well, before the fight, he said, I want to taste your blood. I want to taste your blood. And he literally meant it. Like, he made this man bleed. That, I, I Listen. What in the blade? I was rooting for Deontay <laughs> Wilder, but I got to say... Tyson Fury, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He's a psychopath. He's crazy as fuck. He's a psychopath. But he bro. did what he said he was going to do. He I'm, kept to his word. I never seen him. So I've, I've watched some Fury fights. I ain't never seen him do no shit like that. No. Nah. He's a psychopath, bro. Well, he wanted this win. He, <laughs> you knew you knew he wanted this win real bad. Um, And he he just picked him apart. Yeah. And like like you mentioned, by the end of it, he started singing American Pie. He trolled everybody um, also, in that arena. Also, it, it just feel like Wilder came in there with no game plan. Oh, no. He was just like, hit hard, win game. That is his game plan. That and, was it. And if you've ever seen any of his fights, like when he when he nails somebody and he knows that he has them at that moment, he just goes ballistic. He just yeah. starts unloading mm-hmm. on his opponents. And I mean, it's chaotic and he just starts swinging just like wildly, but he's also in the position where he knows he has somebody on the ropes and he can probably end the fight at that point. But yeah. he never had that opportunity this go around. Not not even once. Wow. The first round was kind of even, but after that, once the second oh, round yeah. came, the it was a round rap. came. It was like, well, but can we talk about how he blamed it on his costume now? He blamed he blamed his 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 his, his uh, fatigue <laughs> on his outfit. That was one of his excuses. He said it was forty pounds, and he had to put it on fifteen minutes before. So that's actually not a terrible excuse it i'm sure it, it was a small factor but it didn't lose you the fight exactly no it didn't I lose know you for fight. sure it didn't lose you the fight but at the same time it's like if it's gonna do all that why'd you come out there with that on yeah you met you still you still made the choice to you put it on my guy to put it on. um so and then you ain't have to do that and then he was like well everybody else be making excuses until uh i don't do that until they win <laughs> don't he's like all right dog. don't do that bro yeah, um but he, he still he took his l well for the most part, he yeah, took the L he, pretty well. yeah, it, it could have been, been worse. Yeah, he took the L pretty yeah. well. Because it's like, again, I think to your point, like you can that 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 can all be true, but you also don't yeah. need to say it publicly. And I know he watched the tape and was like, "I understand why my corner took me out." Yeah, <laughs> he had to. Like they did the right thing because he was he was looking in real bad shape. He need a new corner. He do need a new corner. <laughs> I just hope that they took him to the ER right after because he he oh, yeah. he needed some serious attention. For but sure. we know now that he has exercised his rematch clause. Because he did lose his title, so he does have that option available. Um, so oh, they said um, next rematch can be as early as the summer. Yeah, yeah, it can happen pretty soon. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see if that happens. Um, mm-hmm. A third fight is likely to happen, but Tyson Fury still has to accept in order for it to go through. Um, I don't know if he's going to make Deontay go through somebody else if that's going to be a part mm-hmm. of like the the situation to get back a, a rematch um so we'll see but I, I do imagine that it'll probably happen before the year is up hey but because of this tyson is i think considered the best boxer in the past five years for sure i mean especially he's undefeated. In he- especially in the heavyweight division. He's, he's undefeated. yeah yeah and he, he got the titles he's um, got the title he's not the undisputed champ i know there's a few titles still out there that aren't like unified right. but he i mean yeah at this point he's probably i mean he's at the top of the mountain so far because yeah, so. that, that's, that's part of why this maybe this fight was so big right it's like who's better yeah and whoever which one is better is the best fighter exactly and that's it now he has the crown fury has the crown well We'll see if the third one happens. Um, hopefully it does. I'd love to see another matchup. I don't know who's going to pick Deontay Wilder. It'll be an uphill yeah. battle for I him. I know the ancestors are looking at Deontay with that mean mug right now, boy. <laughs> Just in that, sheer disappointment. That boy. He, he, 
Not Black History Month though. Not in February. <laughs> if, if if this was March, everybody'd be like, "Oh, he lost." But it's February like, though, it, it hurt especially with the, with the montage. It was an extra sting with a rapper. It stings a little <laughs> bit more. Came out with a rapper. Yeah, it stings a little bit more for sure. I uh, yeah, we didn't see it coming, but that's life. That's how it goes. Sometimes we'll see if the third match happens. If you saw the fight, let us know what you think at Two Black Nerds Twitter and Instagram. We're gonna go from one boxing topic to another. Mm-hmm. Creed three mm. is officially happening. It just got greenlit officially. Yes, they sir. will be moving forward with it. Um, I think we pretty much expected this to happen. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, as of now, there is no director attached, but they do have a writer. Um, Zach Balin is going to write the script. Um, he's also just recently recently uh, written a movie for Will Smith mm. um, that's coming out pretty soon. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, yeah, he'll write the script, and they are moving forward with the third movie. Um how do you feel about this? Are you excited for another Creed movie? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I'm a big boxing fan, and I'm a Creed fan. <laughs> and I'm just ready, to be honest. Um, they're great movies. I like them a lot. I enjoy them. Um, and that's really it, man. I'm hungry for more content. You can give me another Creed, and I, I'm excited. I'm um I'm I'm kind of there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I again, I'm not surprised that they're doing another one. I think it's it's only natural that if you're going to make a second movie, you're likely going to at least go for a trilogy. But I will say, after the second movie, I don't know where you go yeah, because what else can happen. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the story that was sort of hanging over, you know, Creed's character was sort of um, avenging that defeat of his father from Drago, and they mm-hmm. brought in the whole storyline of like Drago and his son coming back, you know, to fight yeah. Creed and all of that. And I thought that they handled that really well. Um, I don't, I don't know what the what the what the conflict is for this. I don't know where think, they go. I think you just shift it. You know, maybe you throw that, maybe you put that in the past. And you find a way to make something new, but still intriguing at the same time. I don't know what that is. I don't know how they do it, but I think that's the direction they have to go in. I think they got to put the past in the past at this point. They certainly do because they've already spent two movies sort of dissecting what that means for his character. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they play it out. Uh, I assume Sylvester Stallone will likely be back for this one. He, he, his involvement hasn't been confirmed just, just as of yet, but yeah. um, I'm sure that once the script develops and they find a director to, to, to sort of attach to it, they'll they'll make that announcement pretty soon. And I would imagine that since that last one came out in 2018, this next one will probably come out in 2021, um, which they could put those movies together pretty fast. It's not like this huge production. So they could, you know, finish out the script this year, maybe go into production early next year, and it could be out by the end of 2021, possibly. So it should be a pretty quick turnaround. We'll see what happens right. with it. Um, but yeah, got some great boxing movies coming out, hopefully, with that one. Um, sort of in the spirit of Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, we'll get another Creed. So hopefully, we'll see what his uh, conflict is in that movie. But yeah, let us know what you think if you're excited for Creed. Um, we're going to stick with like our sports theme for now. The Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant Memorial happened about a week ago. Um, um, on February 24th, 224, um, to, to pay respect to them. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of this at all? So, I have watched the first seven minutes. <laughs> it's really hard to watch, I ain't gonna lie to you. I have watched, like, half of Gianna's speech. Not Gianna's speech, Vanessa's, Vanessa's speech. Yeah. About Gigi. She hasn't got to Kobe yet in how much I've watched. Because it is just it's hard because mm-hmm. they be panning to the crowd man and everyone in the crowd always has to and it's always like celebrities too i'm like y'all, y'all can't be doing this dog but yeah I've, I've only watched and i've only watched uh you know other snippets of yeah. like maybe jordan saying something or Shaq saying something but i am going to get through the whole thing i promise i'm gonna get through the whole thing yeah um, again it's just really difficult to watch 
you know, memorial of one of your heroes, you know what I mean? So a hundred percent. Yeah. I, um, I did not watch it. I, I've only, I've only caught pieces of Shaq's speech mm-hmm. and pieces of Michael Jordan's speech. Um, I personally don't know if I'm going to watch it just because of how difficult it is. No, and I, I can imagine that it's uh that it's pretty difficult to watch. And I just, Knowing my headspace and like how I was, even just the day we found out the news, like yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to watch the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, Vanessa Bryant is just boy. I, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't fathom um, her strength and her resilience and her ability to get up there and deliver that speech. It's just, it's beyond me. Bro, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything, any being as strong as I was watching her in the the. What, five to ten minutes that i was watching her bro like it is I, I really can't put into words the the i don't you know how strong you have to be to stand up there and to talk about these two individuals that meant so much to your life it's it was it's crazy yeah it really is dog that's incredibly difficult um you know certainly prayers to her and her family during this time it's you know it's been a few weeks um since everything happened but obviously it's it's so it's so fresh and that's something that you can never truly get over um so really just want to pay the respect to them for for having that and open it up to to, to everybody to see yeah. like allowing us to even have the the option to watch right. it and, and people to attend and um you know th- those memorials as sad as they can be they, they can also have moments of levity too i know we saw yeah. you know the moment of like michael jordan making fun of himself mm-hmm. the crime meme and i think you know oftentimes at like funerals and memorial service like they can they absolutely can't be sad because that's really kind of like that's that's it that's yeah. that's when you really realize it's it. Like yeah. when you when you that's the last step. Yeah, when you see that person in the casket mm-hmm. or the casket goes into the ground or that's like the last goodbye. So they can be incredibly difficult, but there are also times of celebration too. Oh yeah, um, to certainly pay that respect and to celebrate what they contributed to mm-hmm. to life while they were here. So right. um, certainly a huge moment. If you if you saw it, just let us know what you think about it. Um, things have been really rough lately. I mean, we've we've lost some, you know some more people. This you know this Black History Month has just been rough. It's been um, I don't know what's in the water or what's going oh, on. Rough. Some name right. Um, Goodness. We we got to talk about Pop Smoke. Got to. <sighs> um, Pop Smoke, if you don't know, he is a rapper um, originally from Brooklyn, New York. If Welcome I'm to the party. Um, has a huge hit, has a couple of huge hits on his hands. Um, he's most known for Welcome to the Party. And uh, Dior. And Dior, yeah. Those, those have been huge, huge songs. And... Uh, Really, really young man. Um, was 20 years old, and wow. he unfortunately was uh, killed during a home invasion robbery yeah. while he was in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was staying at an Airbnb, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with this. It's just it's incredibly sad to lose somebody who had such a promising career. Um, ahead of him he was just getting started he just yeah. got big like a year ago right. um His and to see this happen just came out. yeah literally just came out like and to see this happen is just it's it's terrifying i don't even i don't think that time is accidental at all it's certainly not um nor is the nature of the incident accidental in my eyes oh of course not um to to be robbed in in the home that you're staying in in los angeles is uh peculiar to say the least um it's sad man it's really sad he had so much ahead of him he was 20 years old like we said extremely young yeah um 
and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but Man, it's, it's crazy. It's, just, it's a shame to lose somebody who was uh, who was really doing a lot for not only you know New York hip hop at yeah. this point in time, but was becoming a really well known figure across across the country. And he had like just blew up this past summer. Like uh, I lived in Harlem this past summer, and all I heard when either I woke up or on my way home or Harlem would just blast pop smoke all day every day. That's all I heard. Oh, and you you know when you hear Pop Smoke because you hear that do 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 boom like you always hear the same part of the song and his voice is distinctive. His voice, it's very distinctive. Yeah, and it's just crazy to to now every time that's blasting, you're like, man, that dude's not alive anymore. Exactly, and it's even worse to know that you know somebody set him up or one of his friends set him up. You right. know what I mean? Like it's the worst thing ever. That's such a shame. Um, definitely rest in peace, rest in power to pop smoke um sending all of our thoughts and condolences um to him and his family during this time and it's a shame that we lost him um so we certainly just will we'll certainly be listening to his music new york um, for for a long time so um we also lost another really iconic figure um thankfully not too soon she lived a really long life very very long Catherine johnson um recently just passed away she was 101 if i'm not mistaken um 101 years old um if you don't know Catherine johnson um watch hidden figures that's my that's my best advice right now but Catherine johnson um is a really well-known mathematician who works with nasa um on top of that she works with nasa in the 60s um when we all know that times were not so great for people of color and black people in the country um and she was a true maverick and pioneer in helping with the apollo 11 moon landing Mm -hmm. um and calculating um all of the the math and all of the the scientific nature and the things that 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 really involve space and moon landings and that and she played a huge pivotal role and um most people if you weren't aware of her you became aware of her through the movie hidden figures that came out a few years ago Mm -hmm. um starring taraji p henson who plays katherine johnson as well as janelle monet and octavia spencer um which is a a fantastic movie um and it really spotlighted her life and her contributions Mm -hmm. to this country and she was a true trailblazer um in our right but we just recently lost her this past week she lived an incredibly long life um but definitely katherine johnson a, a legend for sure yeah man the hidden figure herself um I'm, a lot of people found that it was interesting how nasa um was talking about like the celebration of the hidden figure um when it was nasa in fact who hit her in the first place exactly um, the irony in that <laughs> which was uh mad interesting um, but that's really you said it all, dude. Katherine Johnson, she I know she was a hero to a lot of people, um, even to uh, like black women mathematicians or um, black women who uh, always wanted to do space things. Right. Yeah. Um, she was. That was it, man. She was crazy smart <laughs> and we had never seen anything like her before. Um, shout out to AKAs. She was an AK. Yes, she certainly um, was. Like she would show up. I think she might have showed up to the movie theater to watch Hidden Figures and wow. some paraphernalia. Actually, wow, her AKA uh, joints, man. But um, again, we lo- we lost another legend. But she had a nice long life. Absolutely. Um, and I think uh, I'm happy that she lived long enough to to see um, herself on the big screen and her story at least be told um, before she passed. Well said. Well said. Uh, we send our thoughts and, and, and condolences to 
the family of Katherine Johnson and everybody affected by that passing at this time um, and rest in power to her and everything that she contributed to this this amazing life and this meaningful life that she lived. Um, it's always weird trying to do these transitions, man, from like these really sad things know. to like talking about like news and stuff that's broken. But we got to do it. We got to talk about these people, man. Um, but we're going to go from one iconic black woman to another. another. Netflix has recently debuted the trailer for Self-Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. Yup, yup, yup. That trailer just premiered this past week. It will debut on Netflix March 20th. It's a limited series, as you can tell, about the life of Madam C.J. Walker, another trailblazer, um, an iconic black figure in the history of of america um and she's being played by octavia spencer um and this trailer just came out i saw it i'm I'm really looking forward to this show i'm really looking forward to it i didn't realize it was coming out this soon yeah it was quick yeah because i just i feel like we just heard about it like mm-hmm. probably in like november or december I mean, right um so i'm moving though yeah i didn't realize it was coming out this quick but it looks it looks great um i'm very excited to see how much of a hustler she was. Right. Madam CJ Walker was out there. She was like, I'm I'm yeah. starting my company. I'm opening factories. Yeah. I'm making these hair hair products. Like I'm doing it. Yeah. Um so it looks it looks really, really interesting. Yeah, man. She's known as what one of the first self made uh millionaires, black African American millionaires. Absolutely. You know I mean? Um and we've been talking about black hair a lot. Right. And that's really where she found her hustle. Right. She had some hair loss of her own mm-hmm. and she literally made an entire business out of it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to see that because uh, we have we've we have been talking about black hair a lot in our current context. Um, but now I'm excited to see it um, in this context of Madam C.J. Walker. Honestly, to see uh, see where it can take us. For sure, for sure. Um, I know Blair Underwood is also in the show. Uh, <laughs> is he a villain? I don't know. <laughs> he usually is. He's always a villain. I don't think I've seen him play a good guy since <laughs> maybe Set It Off in the maybe, 90s. Yeah. Um, Carmen Ajogo is also in it. She's mm-hmm. incredible. Yep. Um, yeah, it just it looks it looks really it looks really good. And I'm again, you know, to see another you know figure mm-hmm. have their story brought to life. I'm very excited to have that. Um, and it's a story about like you like you mentioned about becoming self-made and being an entrepreneur and and you know sort of hustling when you don't have much but figuring out a need for your community and filling out how to figuring out how to fill in that gap right. uh, for a community i love that sort of story um her becoming her own rockefeller she aspired mm. to be something that big and that important especially for black women um for for something that affected her personally and she turned that into a whole business and and became such a such a mogul so very excited to, to see that come Coming out March 20th on Netflix. Um, but that's not all Netflix has coming. No, no, they no. They got something else coming out real soon. So I know recently Netflix just announced like this partnership with with uh, Nigerian filmmakers. Um, I'm not sure if that falls in this in this same vein, but um, there's a new there's a new project out on Netflix called yeah. Queen Sono. You right. wanna you wanna tell them about yeah, that? So Queen Sono is I believe the first of this um, African deal with Netflix. Yeah. Right. Um, and it is a spy thriller um, about a South African secret agent. Just what? I'm going to read that again. Let's do that. Because I'm not sure I've ever heard these words be put together <laughs> before. A spy thriller about a South African secret agent. Original series from Africa. Wow. So. Wow. This is. Look at that. This is Netflix's first African original series. This is their um, very first one, which. I didn't think I would be reading those words today, but Look. we are. And uh, the fact that this exists 
is amazing. Um, and they released a trailer for it back in January. I didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to see it, but we did watch the trailer to sort of see what this was going to be. Um, and it's got an incredible feedback. Um, currently sitting at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so people are definitely excited about this show, but this seems like to be, this seems to be the start of a very uh, important partnership between Netflix and African filmmakers and creatives, but I'm ready. Just the way that you described it, the fact that it's like this crime drama thriller sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to have black people in it. It's like from Africa is amazing. They said skip James Bond. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to do this. We're making our own. We're just going to do this on ourselves. Queen Sono. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like, let's get more of that. Right. Like, let's get more of those original stories from people that like, we don't need necessarily a female James Bond. Right. We could just create a new character. Just make your own. Just make your own. I love it. And we have the space and the, the ability to do that now. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. I'm definitely planning to hopefully check that out really soon. And we can, we can talk about it more in depth, uh, on Mm -hmm. this, on this podcast. Um, but you know, to stick with the Netflix theme, um, you just recently watched a movie on Netflix. Yes, yes, yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit, what yes. you just saw? So, Burning um, is a Korean film that I was, somebody actually referred this to me. I forgot who it was. Maybe it wasn't even a person. <laughs> could have been a website. Sure. I don't know. It could have been movies um, similar to Parasite, which I think is somehow where I ended up or somebody told me about it, um, where it's a, a Korean drama mystery. And it really is a story about, I know it sounds, it sounds really shallow, right? How I say it. it really is a story about jealousy. So there's this guy who meets a childhood friend um, and childhood friend, um, they were really close. Now they're getting closer again. And before the, the main uh, lady of the, of the movie, before she um, goes to this trip to Africa, she decides uh or they kind of they kind of get romantic for a second and then it's kind of like a summer happens she goes away to africa when she comes back from africa she comes back with another guy Uh (laughs) uh-oh it gets sticky she comes back with another guy and that's pretty much what the movie's about right that's kind of like the premise the premise of the movie and it's actually fire Mm. this movie is really good um if you're a person who thinks that who only likes movies super black and white right like this is clearly what happened and that which led to this thing sure this is may not be the movie for you because there are a lot of things in the movie kind of like how we were talking about with invisible man where you don't have to say everything um this is kind of the same uh movie in that sense where things you're just you're, you're supposed to not be sure in that way you're like hmm i'm not sure what's going on here but at the same time, I think I am pretty sure, you know? Um, and so I would encourage anybody um, to watch this film. Uh, it's a really slow burn movie. But I believe the themes of the movie are really, really important and really good, man. Uh, it's it's a quick watch. Um, if you've ever seen uh, The Walking Dead, Glenn from The Walking Dead is in it. Um, he's a beast. And that's it. Nice, man. I definitely need to check it out myself. I, I have, I've heard a few things about it. Mm-hmm. I've heard it come up. Uh, a few other podcasts I listen to have mentioned burning. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a nice, a nice recommend. It sounds like something that's that's pretty. Yeah, it's to long. Check out. It's like it's like two and a half hours. Um, it's a really quiet movie. Okay, it's slow, but there's always something going on. I know this sounds like backwards, <laughs> but it's slow, but there's always something on the screen to watch for that sure. Keeps you engaged. 
Nice, nice. Well, definitely check out Burning if you need something to watch. Sounds like it's worth it, worth checking it out. Um, yeah, that's what's up, man. Always looking out for good new content, always, um, especially on Netflix and, and other streaming services. Speaking of other streaming services, oh. um, Disney Plus. It's still out there. Disney yep. Plus is still rocking and rolling, yep. dropping new stuff all the time, making yep. new announcements all the time. Um, even though Lizzie McGuire is not happening, the Proud Family is. Oh, we just officially got an announcement um, that the Proud Family will be coming back with an all-new continuation of the series. And um, we heard rumors about this when Disney Plus first launched, um, and then they brought the Pr- Proud Family um, back onto the service, all the original episodes. But they will be coming back. The show is returning. It will be called The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. And they have their original creators back, a part of it. And also the entire original cast is back. That's right. Kyla Pratt is coming back as Penny. Tommy Davidson is Oscar. Paula Jai Parker is Trudy. I mean, even Cedric the Entertainer is coming back. Oh, Cedric the Entertainer has to come back. So, So, um, (laughs) dysfunctional. (laughs) So they got back everybody who was a part of this original show. Um, You looking forward to it? You excited about this? I am excited just because it's one of my favorite cartoons ever. Uh, It was one of the the earlier moments in animation that I seen myself, right? Versus like, of course, there were other things in there like uh, Fat Albert or like Wayne Head. If you're saying Wayne Head, you know, there's there's other things in there. But Proud Family is the one that's like, no, it's a whole family. (laughs) It's kind of ahead of its time in that sense, right? Like to really be focusing in animation animation. on a a black family, which, you know, I mean, even now we we still struggle to see rep. You know ourselves represented in animation, right? Um, so the fact that Disney had the series mm-hmm. um, on their channel for for a while, and it's also become like a cultural st- staple at this point too. Like yeah. even you know past its original run, um, people reference the Proud Family on social media all the time. There's so many memes and gifs and stuff like that that exist from like those characters. Um, so they're absolutely capitalizing on the moment. Um, and shout out to them for making this announcement before Black History Month ended. Right. Um, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, definitely. If you don't have Disney Plus, um, this might be a reason to get it to check out these new episodes. We don't have an air date as of now, but right. uh, I imagine that it will probably be coming out probably before the end of this year or maybe even yeah. early I, next year. So. I just know they've already been working on it. Yeah. And I already know there's probably episodes already done and yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about it for so long. For sure, for sure. Um, they just decided to make the, the announcement official, so to say. Yeah. So. Um, if you. If you want any other kind of black cartoons, um, check out Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network. It has, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty up there in terms of uh, animation. There's like some of your favorite people um, voicing, like Lil Rail, I think is one of the voices in the show and oh, stuff. Good. Like it's 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 pretty uh, enjoyable show. So check that out if you get the chance. That's what's up. That's what's up. So we had uh, we had another announcement happen. So we're, we're we're finding out about this is a movie I believe that's coming out, The Silent Twins. Oh yeah. Um, which just got announced. So we we found out that Letitia Wright of um, obviously Black Panther and, and Infinity War and fame. Black Mirror. Um, and Black Mirror also. Mm-hmm. And Tamara Lawrence yeah. um, are set to star in this adaptation of uh, The Silent Twins. Oh, man. Which, um, that's going to be really interesting. So, I don't know if the story's been told yet so, uh, thus far. Yeah, so here's the, the story of The Silent Tw- Twins are kind of crazy, right? Of course, there's just two twins. They were born, blah, blah, blah. They make a pact to each other that they're only going to talk to each other and nobody else. <laughs> First of all, what? Imagine just like you meet some twins and they're just looking at you. That's a hell of a commitment. Like you think they're mute, but they're really not mute. They just made a pact not to talk to anybody else except each other. Right. And so um, they actually um, slightly after adolescence, I believe, maybe early 20s, began to work on fiction. Right. They wanted to be like writers. Um, 
And so after a while, they turned their life to crime, I guess. They were like stealing stuff. Yeah. It gets really, uh, really, really sticky. Doing all kind of stuff. But instead of going to jail, they were admitted to a hospital. Mm -hmm. Because imagine you're being questioned by the police and you just mute, right? Which in turn actually makes their sentence worse. Like if they would have just talked, they probably only went to jail for like two years or the asylum for like two years. But I think they spent ended up spending like twelve years. Yeah, it was like eleven or asylum. twelve. Yeah. And so what happens is one of the sisters is, um, or both the sisters are talking in the asylum, right? And one of the, part of the pact is once one of the sisters dies, then the other sister is no longer mute. Mm. They can talk and speak. So they actually decide in the asylum slash jail that one of them is actually going to die. And almost sacrificing herself in a way but what's weird is she dies by almost natural causes it's like a heart disease or something Mm -hmm. um that kills her which is i don't know some freaky stuff going on there how you we decide one of us is going to die and then it's like a natural cause and to this day people still don't know exactly how she died like they they haven't figured it out they know how she died but they don't know how she died yeah because they didn't find anything in her system like there were no drugs or no crazy like no poison like they didn't find anything in her body that's the wildest thing i ever heard (laughs) like what yep and then so again that we only know all this because after the sister dies the other sister begins to talk exactly and speak on all these things so that's gonna be a very fascinating thing to watch especially the true story yeah yeah um i was actually incorrect so this has been adapted before there was a, a television drama uh on bbc that came out in the 80s um but they've also been the subject of a lot of documentaries of course i would imagine people have definitely covered this topic but i think to have this story come in the form of it seems like a movie that's going to be greenland filmed uh that's going to be that's going to be a crazy thing to watch i hope they make it really weird yeah it should be right it should like, be weird it's uh it's going to be an interesting story to see two people who make a pact and then they just don't yeah, speak right don't like speak. we're going to have to have their story conveyed in in some some interesting ways i yeah. assume so Definitely looking forward to that. I'm ready. The fact that Letitia and Tamara Lawrence are going to be a part of Perfect. this. That's dope. That's really dope. Perfect. Awesome. So we're looking forward to that. Um, also, moving on to, to you know some more TV news. Uh, Top Boy Season 4 mm-hmm. just got confirmed, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, it is happening. This is a pretty pretty popular show that's come out. So they just confirmed Season 4. And I know a lot of people have been looking for this show. Like, are they going to do another season? Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not it's going to come out. But they did just confirm that. Um, have yeah. you have you watched the show? I like, haven't. Okay. I okay. haven't. But um, I just know a lot of people that do. Yeah. So I was like... I had to announce it. Yeah, <laughs> like we sure. have to tell everybody. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Season four is happening. I haven't watched it either, but um, it, again, it's one of those shows that seems like really popular and has like a pretty, pretty big following at this point. So mm-hmm. the fact that they announced season four, I know, generated a lot of excitement. Um, another thing that it generated a lot of excitement is another television announcement. TV is just like crazy these days. There's so much, man. Yeah, so it's, much um, coming out. It's evolving. Um, but I I appreciate it. It's become it's become the new. I think the new avenue for not only like like alter filmmakers to make their space and create their content right. and to create their own lane, but I think mm-hmm. it's also the space where actors and actresses they can kind of get off their really artsy stuff. Yeah, because most movies now, if they're not blockbusters, they're not getting greenlit and made because right. they're not the studios aren't going to pay for them. Exactly. So like now, I think. That's why you see like these huge actors and actresses on TV shows now. Right. You know, Al Pacino mm-hmm. is in a TV show now. Mm-hmm. You know, which we will talk about soon. And like Nicole Kidman is like doing several TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like these really big names I think are coming to TV because it's just like 
a space for them to actually do really substantial, meaningful work um, instead of like resorting to just the big budget movies that you often get in theaters. But, you know, with that said, we're seeing a lot of things that are getting adapted, like even from the big screen now coming to TV, Parasite, the best picture winner at this year's Academy Awards, the best film of 2019 is going to be a limited series on HBO. We just found that out uh, recently that they're going to make uh, a limited series. Bong Joon-ho, the director and the writer of the movie, will be involved in this limited series. Bong Hive. Um, shout out to him. He's yeah. finally back in Korea. I yep. know he's glad to be home. Yep. He drunk himself under the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, but while he's enjoying this, this well-deserved break, I'm sure he's going to be put back to work really soon because mm-hmm. they're doing a limited series on HBO. And Mark Ruffalo is Ooh. set to star in yeah. this limited series. Mm-hmm. How's that going to be? Yeah, I don't know. So apparently I think Parasite is supposed to mirror the same family. Is that what's happening? I, that, that's, that's, so, that's what I heard. And so yeah. Mark Ruffalo has been cast as the father. Um, is what we're hearing is that we, we think he was, he's going to be the father and so i don't know i'm interested to see how the cast shapes up right because i'm assuming this is going it's on hbo right so i'm assuming they're going to put this all in english um, yeah it won't be foreign language it won't be foreign language yeah. and so yeah i don't know we'll see shit bring it on bring bong joon ho look hbo and mark ruffalo and mark ruffalo Do i don't it. i don't see how you can go wrong i don't see point. no wrong um so that that's going to be look, incredible this this man this man bong joon ho said oh i guess i got my oscar time to go get an emmy yeah and dominate and a golden globe yeah and dominate and a, tv yeah he's he, he's gonna get it let's all. do it I'm ready. I'm ready for it too. Um, so yeah, TV. The landscape is is quickly growing as we as we know. There's a new show on Amazon Prime that just premiered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunters. Oh yeah, just came out, which is executive produced by Jordan Peele. So when I saw that, I mean, I'm like, oh, I got I got to at least check it out and give it a try. Right. Um, but the show also stars Al Pacino, which is like his first TV show ever. I mean, I don't think he's ever done a TV series before. I don't think so. Um, but again, that just like speaks to the landscape of like what TV is nowadays. I checked out the first three episodes so far. I'm still getting through it. But um, it's an interesting show. It's not mm-hmm. it's not amazing. It's it's solid. I will say that the first episode has been the strongest thus far. Right. Um, it's like 90 minutes. It's damn near like mm. the length of a movie at mm-hmm. that point. But it's really interesting so far. The The show is about um, essentially Nazi hunters. Mm-hmm. And it's set in the 70s. And um, basically this group, they find out that there's still Nazis that exist. Or they're Nazi war criminals who are essentially, they're trying to establish a Fourth Reich. Um, so they're trying mm. to essentially carry out the work of Hitler um, in the modern day at that time in the 70s. Right. Um, but this group of, of hunters has been established um, and it's it's made up of a, a diverse group of characters. Um, there's like a black woman involved. You know, it's it's a really diverse group of people who are part of this this coalition to hunt down these Nazis. But man, it's uh, it's been kind of crazy so far. It's 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 violence. <laughs> I will say that it's a violent show. It's a lot of killing, a lot of blood. Um, it definitely goes there. And it's become a little bit controversial so far um, because this group specifically of Nazi hunters um, isn't meant to necessarily be a specific representation of like Nazi hunters at the time. Um, it's it's sort of a fictional account, but I know that 
there are real Nazi hunters in real life, but mm-hmm. I think there's been some controversy just about the depiction of like the Nazi hunters yeah. and, and things of that nature and just how certain events have, have transpired and just the depiction of, of, of also, you know, Jewish people as well. Right. It's gotten some controversy. I believe um, it. So, so, so the, the, the opinions the, on it have been mixed as I'm far. Sure. The nature of the show is just that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's also taking like the topic about Nazi, Nazis and Nazism um, mm-hmm. and it's presenting it in somewhat of a, I don't want to say a lighthearted fashion because it's not lighthearted, but it's not taking them necessarily serious, almost uh, in that sense. And gotcha. um, the violence, in a sense, is also not necessarily taken serious. I think mm-hmm. from the the opening scene, mm-hmm. you're you're becoming sort of decent desensitized to violence. Excuse me, um, but it's an interesting show. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm still getting through it. I don't know if I. I would recommend it or not. I'm not at that place yet. Yeah. Still got to get through the rest of the show, but it's out there and I thought I'd check it out again because Jordan Peele's behind it. Yep. So and Al Pacino. Yeah. And Al Pacino. And I mean, you know, those two names, they speak for themselves. Yep. So that's out there. But um, yeah, again, lots of TV is out there, man. Um, let us know what you think about any of these different topics, these different announcements and things that are coming out or what you're watching on all these different streaming services these days. Um, but with all of that said, man, we'll move on. Um, Talk about, about some some video games. Some stuff. video games. Some a little bit different. So we know the PlayStation Five is coming out. Yeah, indeed, it is. It's coming out. It's this year, right? Yep. The holiday season. Holiday season of this year. Yep. Um, uh, that in Xbox Series One. Yes. Or Series X. I mean. Yes, indeed. So the console war- wars will continue. Yeah. Um, we got a little news about a rumor about the controller. Yeah. Um, it's kind of simple, but maybe not simple. The controller might be dope. Is um, there's some some blueprints that leak that reportedly the controller could potentially have wireless charging lit about time <laughs> which is about time pretty nice because yeah, i'm not, I, I, I y'all i'm not lying to you i just lost my charger yesterday oh no <laughs> the worst feeling. i was playing playstation and, I, and the, that controller started blinking boy oh, man and i was like where is this cord yeah imagine if i didn't need a cord <laughs> you could just charge it wirelessly charge it wirelessly oh, man man um but we did also get some ps5 news that um, alongside the regular PS5, there's going to be a PS5 Plus. Yes, I did hear about that. Which is going to be way more expensive. Definitely. Right now, it's reportedly at $600 for the PS Plus, um, which is a, supposedly, this this is crazy, supposedly supposed to surpass the Xbox Series X's power, which is wild because the Series X um, specifications came out, right? Yeah. And it is fire. I was about to say, that's... that's- like, At this point, it was considered the most powerful console. It was fire. So if Sony got this in their back pocket and it's more powerful than the Xbox Series X, then this is indeed about to be some console wars going on here. Shit is getting real it's for crazy. sure. And it's, it's really interesting because um, apparently the the last console, uh, PS4 and Xbox uh, One, yes, was apparently the longest generation of consoles. And I didn't even realize it as we were going through it. It doesn't feel it. like it. It doesn't it, feel like it, but, but it... it it's been at least uh it's been a very long time i think at least yeah no now that you say that yeah i i I guess that would be true because the ps3 came out in like 2007 six something like that yes um so it's been like 13 14 years um that we've had these current systems they've just they've i think they've like relaunched them so many times there's been a couple updates yeah a couple of updates but it's still the same console yeah yeah Um, so we're finally getting this next generation uh, Um, but some some other good news um the playstation 5 everything will be backwards compatible thank god 
Um, same with Xbox. All your Xbox games will actually be automatically upgraded to the new. Uh, everything digital would be automatically upgraded to the new um, console. That's dope. Uh, so that's dope. Really good stuff, man. So it might be worth dropping that money at this point. Like Look, I, I'm, I'm considering it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to weigh my options to see what it's going to be. I'm mm-hmm. currently uh, Team Xbox One S um, yep. because of that physical 4K. I have 4K Blu-ray, Blu-ray player, player in there. Is, uh, but it's crucial. But this this P this PS5 man. PS5 oh though. my god. And and we know that their exclusive titles are always incredible so um might be time to go back to sony and see what happens but the holiday season this year is going to be very interesting um to see how things shake out and i know people will be buying these consoles for a very long time video gaming is still one of the most popular forms of entertainment and consumption across the world and they sell they sell so many units so it'll be interesting to see what happens to see this holiday season Mm -hmm. that's what's up man so talk about some movie news um Indiana Jones. Shall we talk about Indiana Jones? We shall. Um, so we were supposed to originally get the fifth Indiana Jones movie in 2019. Right. It's 2020. There's no Indiana Jones. <laughs> but we just found out Steven Spielberg will not be directing the fifth, fifth installment. Mm-hmm. First time ever um, because Steven Spielberg has directed every single Indiana Jones movie. It's one of his most well-known properties. But he right. won't be directing. Mm-hmm. Um how do you feel about that, man? An Indiana Jones movie without without Steven Spielberg. I like his reasoning. Um, he he came out and said that he he feels like it's, uh, he's done uh, kind of all he could do with Indiana Jones as a property, and he he's excited to see someone else who could take it in a new direction. Um, and I'm actually okay with that. You know, I I I, I agree um, mm-hmm. that that makes sense, but it's like maybe don't do it. <laughs> It's like maybe don't do it, and also Harrison Ford's still gonna be in the movie, and he's like eighty. Yeah. So what new direction is really gonna be? <laughs> like, I, but we, I mean, we don't know the nature of the movie. Right. They could establish a new Indiana a new Jones type guy. of yeah, younger mm-hmm. guy. They tried doing that in four with Shia LaBeouf. That didn't work out. Shia LaBeouf kind of said fuck Hollywood, and it didn't really go that way. And then Honey Boy. And but then yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be kind of weird to not have Steven Spielberg directing directing an Indiana Jones movie because that's that's kind of his bread and butter. Um, but I guess you know what I will say though is that the rumored director to take it over. I mean, shit. It's I don't know if you can get Who any that? better. It's James that? Mangold. Oh, what? Yeah, who they're talking about might replace him as a director. If you don't know James Mangold, you should. Yeah, <laughs> you really because. Should. He's phenomenal. He's directed incredible movies like Copland uh, from the 90s with mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. If you haven't seen that, maybe you've seen Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. which is a, a great movie. Reese Witherspoon won her uh, first Academy Award from that movie. If you haven't seen that, maybe you know her from Logan, <laughs> which... <laughs> Fire, one of the greatest comic book movies. The, I think he did the Wolverine ever made. Too, right? He did the first one. Yeah, he did, he did the, Wolverine, the Wolverine, which is also still a which good is movie. also still a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then he did Logan, which is certainly considered one of the greatest comic book movies mm-hmm. ever made. And he just did a new beast. He just did Ford v, v Ferrari, Ferrari. Um, which is one of the best movies of 2019. My man's resume. So this stacking. dude, this dude is incredible. James Mangold is especially a recently great filmmaker. <laughs> um, so if he if he is indeed doing this, I mean, if you're replacing Steven Spielberg. Shit, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good one to bring on. Bring on board. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The movie hasn't begun filming. We really don't know when it's coming out. We don't know what's happening with this movie. It's kind of been all all over the place. Apparently, twenty twenty one is supposed to be the release date, but 
Yeah, mm. kind of close. Like yeah. it's already 2020, so I, I don't like, know. I feel like Disney would kind of already have the ducks in a row. Ducks in a row if it was 2021. Yeah, if it was really going to be filming, like we would actually start to unless, get like casting news and yeah, all of that. Unless right now. that happens, you yeah. know, in the next couple months. If that happens this summer, I'll believe it. Yeah, because they can still get it out before yeah, the end of the year. They yeah. got to like August to convince me. <laughs> and if it don't happen, yeah, if it don't happen, I'm yeah. like. If, 2023 if ever <laughs> if ever that's also true like we this movie isn't guaranteed at this point but right. we will see um speaking of disney some huge news just dropped um we weren't expecting this at this time um bob Iger, wow the ceo has officially stepped down wow what the fuck <laughs> like at a crazy time too. a weird time well maybe well, guess, maybe not so weird time well, maybe but, not so weird um I mean, okay, so so we knew that Bob Iger was eventually going to retire. Right. Like he's been talking about it for years at mm-hmm. this point. Like we knew that this was coming, but the the timing of it is just interesting because we know that his contract technically isn't up until the end of 2021. Which he is still working. He's still technically working. Right. Yeah, but we know that he just renewed the contract just recently to to see the the Fox acquisition through to see the launch of Disney Plus. Yeah, go through. Um, I think everybody just assumed that he would stay ceo until the Mm. end of that contract Mm -hmm. but that's not the case he's officially stepped down um and his replacement is bob chapik um yeah this is wild this is kind of crazy yeah i um i'm actually okay with this because bob Iger was looking mad illuminati ish there for a while (laughs) Uh oh Uh oh (laughs) you were like uh bob what you got going on because he felt like he was kind of doing this um, thing where, he, I don't know, where like Steve Jobs wanted to take over the world. He's like, I want Apple everything. And yeah, I think I'm okay with getting somebody else in that position who might not feel as, um, what's the word I want to use here? Like Thanos-ish. Thanos. <laughs> I think it was literally collecting Infinity Stones yeah. in like the corporate world. Like, yeah, no, really though. Um, I mean, he had no, he literally had no worlds left to conquer though. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. if you go out, mm-hmm. this is the epitome of going out on top. Like, because he's done, I mean, he's done everything that any businessman could it. do. Like, he did it. Like, he did it. Bob Iger, in his tenure, oversaw the acquisition of Pixar. Huge. Which was already huge because, you know, Steve Jobs started Pixar and like for the longest time he wasn't trying to sell the company to them and they were going to be their own independent thing. And then Bob Iger came in and that was one of his first moves. He started as chairman in 05, which that transition between him and Michael Eisner, the previous chairman, was real fucking messy yeah. that, they they ousted him and yeah. then they brought in bob Iger. he oversaw the acquisition of pixar mm-hmm. and then a few years later oversaw the acquisition of marvel marvel which we saw how that lucasfilm yeah and then lucasfilm a few years after that mm-hmm. and then i mean his biggest coup of all buying fox like all of fox's entertainment divisions Wild. and then launches disney plus yeah. which is going to be basically the new focus the number one priority for the entire company moving forward yeah um i mean shit as a ceo in the in the entertainment and the and the and the 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 business world really at large like what else could you ask for what i mean what that's it what like this man he he completely transformed their whole business model yep you know in, in terms of what they what they do but i mean but even before he became ceo bob Iger's had a long career at disney right he's worked there for like 40 years mm-hmm. he's been there and i know he's been wanting to retire for a minute but he just had to see a lot of these last few things through um i 
you know, I mean, we'll talk about Bob Chapik a little bit, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. what he has coming up. But in terms of Bob Iger, out of all the things that we just talked about, what do you think, if you had to pick one, what do you think is going to be his biggest legacy? Like, what what's the one thing that he did that's going to probably stand above everything else? Is like, that's the thing that he's going to be most well-known for. Which, I mean, it, it'll be all those things, it but if you had be, to pick all, if you had to pick one. all those things, um, it's a toss-up between... It, so it it will have to be one of the acquisitions, I say, for sure. But it it, it would either be the acquisition of Pixar or the acquisition of Marvel. Hmm. Um. Either or. I'm not sure which one yet because they're both so powerful. Sure. Right. Where of course you can say in terms of like Marvel is probably gonna make them way more money than Pixar, right? But what Pixar means to people is different. I think on another level. Sure. Um. And how long that has been a thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so uh, it's between one of those two. Um, maybe at some point, uh, maybe at some point it will be Marvel. Mm -hmm. But just for right now, at this very moment, just off of pure, I'm gonna have to say Pixar because okay. I think without that acquisition, there some other things might not have happened. Yeah, like that was kind of the first domino yeah, that, like had that to fall was like to make the rest of the that's stuff. That's huge, bro. Imagine yeah. you watch a Toy Story movie and there's no Disney on it. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, it was like a research. It was something different. That really was something different. It also, I mean, I think it opened up the possibilities that I don't think people at that time were considering like an entertainment company essentially buying another studio. Yeah. Like that wasn't really a, a thing at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but then he did that yeah. and that worked and then he bought Marvel and then mm -hmm. that worked. And so people started saying like, Oh, this, this is something that people were starting to do yeah. now it and was, consolidate. It was like Marvel and Lucasfilm or and of course Fox already entities. Right. But Pixar was like the seed, you yeah. know, Pixar was a baby when they were, <laughs> when, when they got bought, you for know sure. what I mean? I think that it feels, it feels a little different for me in terms of what his legacy would be. I think Pixar right now might be it. I'm going to go with a different answer. I actually think it's going to be Disney plus. Think I think that's going to be it. I think that's going to be the feather in his cap when we're mm -hmm. talking about his legacy. Um, it's hard to say that now because we haven't seen the full effects of Disney Plus yeah. just yet. Like mm -hmm. it's it's so new. But I think when it's all said and done, like if we look ten years from now, mm -hmm. I think Disney Plus. I mean, it already is like huge, but I think it's going to be a juggernaut um, in like ten years. And the Fox acquisition was motivated by Disney Plus. Yeah. Like that acquisition happened because they knew that they were launching the streaming service. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really going to drive their strategy, you know, into the future. And so I think that once we start getting these shows coming out, yeah. all these Marvel shows, all of these new movies, these original movies, more Star Wars shows, we're going to really start to see them steamroll and just like probably take over that industry as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily think that they're gonna overtake netflix um per se because netflix is such a, a juggernaut yeah, i think it's all complimentary but um mm -hmm. i think they absolutely will have their own carved out space like yeah. people won't necessarily choose either or they're just gonna have both because yep. they're that important exactly. right so i think i think that's probably what i would say in terms of what his biggest legacy is going to be but i mean gotcha. any any of those and i mean you can make a case for any of those he, things literally any like one. he yeah. he accomplished so much it's, it's just crazy mm -hmm. um but succeeding him is bob chapik who's also worked at disney for hella long yeah. um he started out in the home entertainment division um and he's responsible for a lot of those 
direct video sequels that came out in the 90s to our favorite animated movies. So the Lion King one and a half, the Aladdin two, Return of Jafar's, the the Pocahontas twos. He's kind of responsible for <laughs> your face, right? Now. <laughs> it's like, is that a compliment? It's uh, not really. I, um, I mean, one and a half is, but everything after that. Um, mm. Yeah. So I mean, he's not he's not the most uh, well liked <laughs> because of those decisions. But the one thing he did implement that that carried them far for a really long time. He's responsible for the whole concept of the Disney vault. Yep. Which, shit, what a concept that was. When mm-hmm. home video was a big thing, when like physical media and DVDs and all of that and right. VHSs were a big thing when they were just getting popular, he introduced the whole concept of like, oh yeah, we're going to put out this favorite movie that you love, but you only have X amount of time to buy before we throw it back in the vault. And they would be like super expensive, like 50 yeah. bucks, right? Yep. He introduced that whole concept. It mm-hmm. was huge for them. It obviously drove their sales through the roof. If you look at like the highest grossing home video releases of all time. Basically all the Disney movies are on there. Like Lion King is number one. Crazy, Aladdin's on bro. there. Little Mermaid's on there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he, he, he reinvented the whole home media landscape. Um, and then he worked in consumer products for a, a while and sort of re, re, um, reimagined that division. Um, to, to, to what he wanted it to be and then mm-hmm. most recently he became the chairman of, of parks and resorts which that's huge that's I, I, I think people forget that because we talk about the movies and the entertainment so much yeah. like the Marvels and the Pixars and all of that and like what they own Disney's biggest fucking asset is their parks yeah that is that is literally the king that's, of all of their it's stuff like 50% of Disney. Yeah, exactly. It's freaking the parks. Disney World and Disneyland and Shanghai Disney and Paris and all, all of that. It. The like, MGMs. Yeah. And the, like the Disney Adventure. and It's such a huge aspect of their business. Um, the biggest aspect of their business, I should say. Yeah. Um, and he was overseeing that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. He oversaw the launch of what they just did for Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge, Edge yep, Star and Wars, Toy Story Land, and Toy Story Land, and like huge, huge things yeah. that have like expanded their parks. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about theme parks and resorts, their parks are the most visited yep. theme parks in the world. Um, and those ticket prices still won't go down. Nope. <laughs> they keep going up every goddamn year. It's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Well, their their attendance actually just dipped for the first time last year uh, because of the, the increase in prices. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, and for they the were first like, time ever. And then they were like, oh, shoot, maybe yeah. we should uh, yeah, calm yeah. down a little bit. I think they got a little nervous. Like, the Galaxy's Edge thing yeah. kind of made them nervous. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing that and, like, raising the prices is like right. people are starting to kind of cap out on, on those Disney vacations. But, I mean, again, that's a big part of his legacy thus far. I guess, you know, if you look at his career, it makes sense that he succeeded in Bob Iger because he's kind of worked in everything. He's been in everything. Um, I'm sure he showed really good leadership um, in his time as chairman of parks, right? Parks and resorts. Um, I'm sure he's made some decent decisions when it comes to the parks and resorts. And I think that's ultimately what's getting him to the position. I hope, my hope is that he doesn't feel as Illuminati-ish as Bob Iger did. I Man, I, I don't envy him at all because... <laughs> I mean, not only that, but th- those are big shoes to fill. Those are big shoes to fill. But I'm hoping um, his expectations that are put on him aren't the same. Like, I don't want you to come in here and just start buying shit. Right. I want you to come in here and maintain what's already happened. Maybe, again, try not to just seem so... We're taking over the world. Radical. Try to seem more... Yeah. Um, what's the word? I guess genuine and in your love for the company. For in sure. In a way, right? 
So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. His legacy is yet to be determined uh, in this specific role, but he's done a lot of work. Um, I guess the sort of the last thing before we move on, um, I think that this is going to have a really big domino effect on just like how things are working right now because yeah. I, th- I certainly anticipate he's going to want to begin placing people in roles that he wants to choose. Right. Like... For example, Alan Horn, who mm. runs their entire movie division, he oversees everything from Lucasfilm to Marvel to the live action to the animation. Right. Alan Horn's been wanting to retire for hellas because, like, Bob Iger pulled him out of retirement to re yeah. to fix their 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 whole movie studio because at at the time that Alan Horn started, they weren't they weren't the juggernaut that they mm-hmm. are now. So I think like he's probably gonna go really soon. Here. Yeah, like I sure. think I, I won't be surprised within the next six months. Alan mm-hmm. Horn's like oh, I'm retiring. Yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people. Like yeah, that. like does Kathleen Kennedy stay mm-hmm. over at Lucasfilm? Yeah, there's a lot of people happen, that are just you know? like uh, Bob is gone. I'm probably gone. Yeah, too. like what what is this all gonna mean? Like in the in the future, mm-hmm. are we gonna get some new people? Are people gonna get promoted? Like right. I mean, I'm sure Kevin Feige is probably going to stick around Marvel, but maybe maybe he gets elevated. I don't know. He might get elevated to... I don't know if he wants to. I think he loves his job. I think he loves his job, too, but he also... I don't know. Kevin Kevin Feige, like, we know he loves Marvel, but, like, we know he also loves Star Wars. Like, yeah, Star, Wars, Star Wars is kind of his number one, yeah. and we know that he's, like, venturing into, like, making a movie with them, mm-hmm. like... Does he get elevated to oversee like more than more than just Man. Marvel, right? Like I'm okay with that, you know. But I don't know. We'll see. the The future is yet to be written. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens in these next few months. But uh, we definitely wanted to talk about that that huge shift that's going to happen. But uh, Bob Iger, he'll still get to play in the sandbox because he's still working for them as like a creative partner right. um, until the end of his contract. So mm-hmm. he gets to enjoy all the fruits of his labor without actually having to work which right. i mean what better position could you be in hey. um so yeah that's it for that let us know what you think about that uh that that transition um got a couple of remaining topics to talk about yep drake this wasn't even a part of the agenda but drake just decided to drop some new music my, my man just dropped out of nowhere just dropped like at the stroke of midnight said, uh, this is a a casual saturday night it'd he be a shame if i Drop some music. He loves doing that. These like random midnight drops right. of like a couple of songs, like two he or three songs. Lo- bro, that's how we got that whole cleanup mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Club Paradise. The, the, care, the care package. Yeah, the care package. Just we- these random drops that aren't associated with mm-hmm. anything, but it's right. just music. Mm-hmm. Um, so Drake just dropped When to Say and Chicago Freestyle. Um, those are two separate tracks, but the video is one video where and he sort of merged and it. And it's like half and half. Yeah. And yeah. in order to get to the full songs, you have to go listen to it on soundcloud right exactly because they're is, not on they're not on apple or spotify at this no, point so i don't just know what that's about out there i don't know if he wanted the videos to re- to surge first probably and yeah. then maybe they'll be on um streaming services next week yeah the, the full songs but well people have been wondering that uh that footage of him and marcy yeah. <laughs> and marcy projects like mm-hmm. what is this for and we finally see that it's for this video yeah. um where he's like looking over his shoulder like mm-hmm. 55 times in marcy <laughs> I'm like yeah drake bro like you 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 are still in marcy you still you know? in marcy yeah dog. like don't forget so yeah look over <laughs> that shoulder um but yeah i mean these are some interesting tracks he uh he sort of hey fire pays a lot of respect I, to some I legends like i like him a lot bro. yeah um of course chicago freestyle coming straight after all-star weekend right in chicago exactly um that was hot just it's just it's just good so he samples song cry from yep. jay-z mm-hmm. um for when to say that is uh 
I wasn't expecting that, but that, that was I a, wasn't that's ready. A cool move though. I, mm-hmm. I like it. I think I think of all songs to sample from Jay Z, most people would not have picked Song Cry. Really? Right? Like I don't think uh, most yeah. people would have picked that. I but right. I guess with the subject matter of what he's talking mm-hmm. about, like he mentioned his baby moms in that track. Like, yeah. yeah, it was uh it's cool. And then Chicago Freestyle, like if you look at the video, it's just like him at his house with mm-hmm. a bunch of his boys, and I'm like, damn, you are rich as hell, Drake. He's like, rich as hell. So much money, bro. It's ridiculous. Like he's he's an A list. Easy. Oh, yeah. He can go to A plus. China and they're gonna be like Drake? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know exactly who Drake is. A plus list, worldwide phenomenon at this point. But Crazy, uh man. yeah, more music from Drake. He's planning to drop his next album this year. Everybody is. This is this might be like I one of those years. This is about to be the year, bro. Damn. We getting Kendrick, we getting Cole, we getting Drake, we getting the big three by itself. Yikes. I, you, know, I, you imagine Travis gotta do something. You know Travis is coming. Yeah. Um it's it's just everybody. I think right? it's about to be that year, bro. Yeah. Even the rest of TDE, Isaiah Rashad, Absol. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's about to be a year, bro. Even you don't know what Dreamville is gonna do. You don't know what you know. P and D is coming out with something else. Yeah, so, you know, Drake and his label are not quiet either. The weekend we know the his we, stuff is the coming. Weekend, like, yeah, yeah. I think this is this is about to be. I think it's also sorry. I think it's also time. Like, it's been four years since Lemonade for Beyonce. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing either, but I it's been four know. years. I mean, no, she yeah. she's had these projects, like yeah. these mini projects mm-hmm. in between. Between like, the, the gift. Yeah, the, and, and Homecoming. And homecoming. But, but like a real album. Hey, you, hey it's going to be nothing but blue rapping. <laughs> the whole album and Beyonce on hooks. <laughs> blue already has made more money than most of us. It's, and she's... What, yeah, 10? She just, <laughs> Nine? She I don't make me feel bad about myself all the time. I'm like, you already have generational wealth. Goodness. But, established um, essentially. Yeah, man. Age. I think it's going to be an amazing year of music. We have um, even the Ghetto Sage, you know, my people, the, yeah. big, the big three, Yasaba, yeah. No Name, and Smino. They are all dropping this year, probably. And it's just, it's going to be a great year for music, possibly better than 2018, which I said was. That's saying a lot. Which I said was top three of the decade. Yeah, that's Top three years lot. of the decade. For 2018 sure. for music was wild. Yeah. Um, and so We'll see what happens, man. I hope so. I think it's time. 2019 wasn't as big, so yeah. I think I think it, it'll be great to have another these, huge year. These tracks are the Drake I like. These are good tracks. These are, this these is are good Desmond tracks. Drake. I yeah. love, I like Bars Drake. Some yeah. people like singing Drake, which is cool. I like singing Drake, but Bars Drake. Rap. That's, that's the Drake I like, like a lot. Rap, sir. You please. know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like, the Drake me, I like a lot. Let so. me hear your pen and like get to it. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, yeah, the, I, I like both of these tracks. I think that they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're great sort of just mm-hmm. things to give us, you know, to sort of build that hype. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously before the year is over, he's going to drop another huge yeah. project. That'll I do, like the release strategy great. too. It was yeah. quiet in the music world. Yeah. Besides like, um, little baby came out with uh, an album and other, some other people, G Herb, like it, it was, I think it was smart, yeah. um, in terms of that side of hip hop. Um, to come out with these tracks when he did for sure, so for sure. he knows what he's doing all the time. Of course, he's and way ahead of it. He, so. Yeah, he, he he knows what's going on. We'll but. see what happens. Let us know what, what excited what what project you're most excited about this year. If you have one, mm-hmm. um, hit us up mm-hmm. on social at Two Black Nerds. One last topic to talk about this week. One last topic, y'all. This shit is crazy. I think this might be like this shit is crazy. One of the few dubs that we got in all of Black History Month because <laughs> there weren't many. There were there were there weren't many. We if were, if any, we were catching a lot of. Did we catch any dub in Black History Month? I'm sorry, like 
<laughs> Deontay Wilder got his ass smoked. Boy. We and, unfortunately lost Pop Smoke and, and Kobe Bryant. And Katherine Johnson. And Katherine Johnson. Like, Man, this. 2020's been a fucking wash. Bruh. So we actually got something to talk about and to and to celebrate, even Man. though it's like it shouldn't even be a dub. Yeah, it shouldn't be. It like, should have been a, way over. Should have been a dub in nineteen seventy. Seventy, goddamn like, The sixties, like it should have been a dub. But here we are. So, what has happened is the House of Representatives have finally voted and decided on a bill, and that bill is the Anti Lynching Act. Word. It is now official that lynching <laughs> in America. It's a federal crime. The fact that you're reading this right now. In 2020. Fucking blows me. In 2020. In now 2020, it's a federal crime. 65 years after the most famous lynching of Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Wow. 65 years. It took us 65 years. So the craziest thing about this bill to me is that the bill passed 410 to 4. That means there was four people in, in the room that were just like. I got this noose in my pocket, bro. Like, do we have to? Get, do we have to make this a crime? Like, <laughs> like, do we right. have to? Is it? Is it really crime worthy? No, like, it's God. crazy, man. Um, sixty-five years after Emmett Till. Um, obviously, this is way overdue. This way is uh, overdue. This is crazy. And it's it's really interesting because um, after the f- events in Ferguson, um, there were a lot of black activists showing up being lynched yeah um which uh I, there's two sides here right like we're happy that it's um a federal crime right which it should have happened a long time ago but it's also like it's probably not going to stop anything right because of course murder was illegal <laughs> and people <laughs> still do that shit and people still do that yeah. um so you know uh but at I, this is a dub in the sense that we actually finally took the time to do it, right? Yeah. It could have also just not happened. Right. So that's why I call it a win. Yeah. Because it 100%. actually happened. You know? Half um, glass full. It happened. It happened. It's it's a real thing now and we can certainly um certainly acknowledge that for what it is. Um that it's important that it be considered a federal crime mm-hmm. because it's a heinous fucking act. And so um although it's late, it is a uh it, it, it it's one of those things where I think, you know, it's never too late to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So the right thing has been done. Um so yeah, we can certainly just um appreciate and acknowledge that that right. it, it certainly is I, I also agree with you that it's it's a dub for the month we yeah. can we can we can hold on to that um so yeah that's that that's that man <sighs> that was a jam-packed episode man it was there we was had a lot, lot to, talk, to talk, about. talk about that's what happens when we go away for a couple weeks true um but we had to address all the different things man um certainly Want to shout out everybody that still continues to listen to us each and every week um, as we do this podcast and continues to support us, give us feedback, give us ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're excited to always come to you guys each and every week to give us uh, to give y'all our thoughts and opinions on all these these late breaking things that we sort of engage with. Um, as always, you can follow Two Black Nerds on Twitter and Instagram at two black nerds of course what else would it be what else um but yeah definitely be on the lookout for for things coming in the future we will be back next week um we're gonna be talking about onward i'm sure yeah pixar pixar's latest movie um starring chris pratt and tom holland um so that should be pretty good and we'll also see what else happens throughout the week because things just always tend to randomly happen like you know one day you just might end up on the tonight show with jimmy fallon Uh that just might be a thing Uh um if you 
seen my Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so I'm sure something will happen, you know, right. and it'll come up, and, and and we'll have to talk about that. But we'll be back next week to talk about onward and other things that we that we see throughout the week. Um, yeah, and that's that. That's that. Hey, again, be on the lookout. Um, we got some some new stuff um, coming at you. You know, we're always working and tweaking things and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, please always, 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 always feel free to give us any feedback or ideas of things you want to hear on the show um, at Two Black Nerds. Sure, it helps. It, it helps, helps sure. a lot for yeah. sure. Um, also, stay tuned. I think I'm serious about this Candyman thing. That's a great idea for movie night. Yeah. So be ready for um, a flyer. Um, Another thing, tell you know, do us a favor. Tell a friend about Two Black Nerds. Who, just one friend. Just one friend yeah. who doesn't know about this podcast. Just hey, have you ever heard about Two Black Nerds? And I go, dope. oh, what's that? Just do that one, just one time. You know how easy technology is now that you can literally you can go into the podcast app right. if you're choosing. Mm-hmm. You can press the share button, mm. copy that link, yeah, and text a friend. And text a friend. Listen like, to this podcast. Exactly. That's all you got to do. That's All you got to do. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Um, but thank you so much. Um, we love y'all. It's been in a, an, a, a, an okay Black History Month. Not the greatest. Not the greatest. Uh, it's, but it's, it's no 2018. But we 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 gonna we gonna come back stronger <laughs> next year. Right. But Black History is now. Black History is throughout the whole year. Black History is forever. Um, it is us right now. It's present day, and it is you. It is. It will not go away because you have not gone away. All 100%. right. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Two Black Nerds, where we're too black, too nerdy, and we out. Peace. We'll